0: Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone. It is caught for the win. Pressure. Pass is picked off. And who is it? Big B.J. Raji For the touchdown
1: welcome back to another episode of the Pax that she said podcast i am one of your co-hosts maggie loney joined as always by perry goldstein who is not thriving but surviving in 102 degree weather <laughs> if you hear any type of background noise today it is her fan and air conditioning because she is melting into soup as we record so perry other than being exceptionally warm how are you feeling I'm good. I'm on a short week
0: leading into a long weekend and a week of vacation, so I'm um, feel like I'm just racing towards the finish line right now. How are you, Maggie?
1: That's a, that's a really nice way to put it. I'm doing pretty good. I have a this is the first weekend in probably months it feels like where I don't have weddings or showers or things to go to so i'm gonna take the puppy on a hike and drink some beers and do i don't know i don't like shoot off fireworks i was gonna say shoot some fireworks but i don't do that
0: <laughs> yeah, it's the fourth of july this weekend i yeah. totally
1: forgot yeah america but okay. today um we decided we'd do like a little two-part episode um Talking about NFC and AFC contenders. I guess more or less we can kind of break down the schedule, but at least kind of looking at which teams the Packers might see in the regular season and then potentially again in the playoffs. Um, If you are familiar with Insider Inbox from Packers.com, a question was asked a couple weeks ago, maybe not really a question, more of a statement, an interesting tidbit Mm -hmm. from Jonathan in Vero Beach, Florida, that said the last seven times the Packers have made the playoffs, they have gotten knocked off by a team that they also lost to in the regular season. So in 2012, 2013, it was the 49ers, obviously seattle in 2014 you got arizona in 15 atlanta in 16 the 49ers again in 19 and then of course the bucks this past season so we thought it'd be kind of interesting to look at the nfc opponents on the Packers schedule this week and see maybe who that team could be going into this 2021 season so I don't know, Perry, the, there's a lot. I mean, we thought this could happen last season, too. There were a lot of contenders that the Packers had to play in the regular season that could have been kind of those tiebreaker games as far as kind of how the conference was stacking up in the playoffs. So what do you think? Who scares you the most? This coming season? Mm-hmm. Um, Well,
0: there's so many question marks, right, with some of these teams um, and all of them center around QBs. Yeah. So, and I don't mean the Packers. Like, I mean mainly like the NFC West, right? Because the Packers play, you know, the Ram- Rams, Cardinals, 49ers, Seahawks. I think we obviously know a little bit what the Cardinal Seahawks look like, but like what's Matt Stafford going to look like with the Rams? Like that's a common opponent. What's their defense going to look like? He's I think an upgrade from Jared Goff in a obviously much better system. Um, Similarly, like what are the 49ers going to do, right? Is it going to be Trey Lance? Are we going to be going up against a rookie um, quarterback or is it going to be Jimmy G again? And I think like those question marks um to me, will be really meaningful to the Packers season. Um, Other than that, it's from the NFC perspective. Again, barring anything wild happening, I I really see this as kind of being the Packers conference to lose. You know, like the Saints, is it going to be Jameis or... Taysom Hill. Either way, I think the Packers win that game. Um, nobody in the Packers division scares me all that much. Um, and then it's just whoever comes out on top of the NFC West, I think, is going to be the ultimate contender. So, um, But the NFC West, again, is jam-packed. Um, all the teams this offseason, I felt like, were vying and adding players left and right. Um, so that's not an answer to your question. <laughs> um, I want to say it's
1: going to be the 49ers again. Interesting. That's interesting. I'm because I think it's the Rams and I guess part of the reason I think that is because, you know, you can't, I guess the Packers and the Rams are to me in a really similar situation because you don't think the Packers again are going to have the number one offense. We don't necessarily think the Rams can have the number one defense yet again, at least as far as like points allowed, uh, points against you know washington has a really good defense there's a lot of teams uh, the Steelers that have kind of ascending defenses that could be in contention for that that best defense in the league kind of title so I think matt Stafford is a huge upgrade over Jared Goff and if if you think about like maybe where the Rams deficiencies were last season to me quarterback was one of the glaring ones so you know upgrading that position is aggressively as they did kind of taking that leap. You know, we always joked that Matt Stafford was easily the second best quarterback in the NFC North. And then it was a drop off. And then, you know, Kirk cousins, Nick Foles, whoever was there for the bears. So yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think it'll be the Rams this year.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, that, it's it's a toss-up to me between them and the 49ers. Um, I think the reason I lean 49ers is because the only reason they weren't contenders last year is because they were just so banged up. Um, even with Jimmy G, we've seen what Kyle Shanahan can do against the Packers. And so um, now, you know, even if it is Jimmy G or if it is Trey Lance, you know, still a rookie quarterback. But we've seen that a lot of rookie quarterbacks coming out of college – in the past couple of years have been able to step into that starting role immediately and have been pretty NFL ready. So you're getting that, you know, crazy front back together. Um, They have a really nice receiving core. And of course I think the linchpin here is Kyle Shanahan. Now the one thing that I will say is similar to what you just said with the Rams. I think there is some level of expectation that the defense will take a step back because they did lose their defensive coordinator. Robert Sala naturally got and very well deserved a head coaching job out here in New York with the jets. So the defense may take a step back, but again, I, when I look at the skill players, it's the 49ers um, it's the 49ers for me too. But again, you're right. Like the Rams have the best defensive linemen in the league. they have, arguably the best cornerback in the league Um, their defense isn't going to be if it's not number one it's still going to be top five and that's always going to be difficult now I think the Packers have a slight advantage though against the Rams because they're so familiar with Matt Stafford I think other teams might be like this like we we don't know what this looks like but the Packers have played Matt Stafford twice a season for as long as he's been in the league so that They know what they're getting with him. They know what they get with the arm talent and the throwing angles and everything that he brings to the table. So that element of surprise, other than his addition to the Sean McVay offense, um, is kind of taken out.
1: Yeah, and I like... I did write about this for Chiefs at TV that you know the there was a thing I did called one storyline for each opponent and the 49ers. You're absolutely right. It was health. Like if this team can stay healthy, they're still one of the most loaded rosters in the league. Um, Where I give the edge to the Rams, I think, is Matt Stafford because you know putting Matt Stafford up against Trey Lance or Jimmy G, at least now what we know of Trey Lance, you know the edge goes Rams there, but. The 49ers have had just some abysmal injury luck. And you have to think, like, I I mean, I think that personally, if, if they had Nick Bosa, Richard Sherman, Debo Samuel, Jimmy G, George Kittle, like, if these guys were healthy last season, they easily would have walked into the playoffs and probably would have been one of the contending teams, you know, for those first couple seeds. Um, it's hard to, you know, speculate about what could have happened with the Bucks. You know, maybe it was just their, their year of destiny. Sometimes it feels like teams are that way. I think the 2010 Packers felt that way as a six seed. So who knows what the Rams or what the 49ers would have looked like. Um, but it would have been really interesting to see had they stayed healthy, kind of the trajectory that team would have been on because the entire NFC West is just stacked and the Cardinals are ascending. So
0: I want to ask you about the Cardinals because they're also kind of in the back of my mind, right? Like, you can't can't sleep on the Cardinals. Um, They had a really splashy offseason, which doesn't necessarily always translate into being better the next season. But, like, let's say Kyler Murray does take a step forward in any capacity Cliff Kingsbury takes a step forward as a play caller and like decision maker on the sidelines. Cause I think that was a little bit of a knock for them last season. You've got the addition of JJ Watt. You have Deandre Hopkins. It's a pretty loaded roster. Like, are they a sneaky kind of contender in the NFC now?
1: I, and I guess like, I don't want to answer your question with a question, but I, you know, there's been people saying like, could Cliff's seat be hot at this point? And I don't know. I mean, you know, he's got DeAndre Hopkins as a weapon for Kyler Murray. A.J. Green is with the Cardinals now. That's a really kind of interesting wrinkle. You, you mentioned, obviously, J.J. Watt coming to the Red Sea. So it, it is interesting, and I, I think they're ascending. And I think it's hard for me to ever discredit the Seahawks or count them out because we've seen Russell Wilson's magic. We've seen D.K. Metcalf. We know kind of the weapons that they have. But to me, it, it kind of feels like the Seahawks are – battling to stay out of the basement and that it's hard to say that when they almost snagged a playoff spot last season. But I think if you look at the trajectory that every other team is on with the Rams getting a better quarterback, the 49ers just being healthy and having a loaded roster, the Cardinals kind of reloading, I guess, on offense, the Seahawks have an uphill climb as far as staying relevant in their own division.
0: So the thing for me though, is it's interesting that you look at the Cardinals offense because I think about this Cardinals defense as something that might be in contention. I mean, you're looking at Buda Baker, who might very well end up being one of the best safeties in the league this season. The only thing that he's missing is very similar to Jair is the interceptions. They added added just a bunch of weapons, right? Like they went out and got Malcolm Butler. I know that he's on like the older end of his career, but that's like a really great vet presence that I think any Packers fan would have been ecstatic to have him on, I mean, it definitely depends on what Chandler Jones does, because I think he's in um, kind of a similar Aaron Rodgers-esque position right now with his team. Um, but, you know, Zayvon, they they got Zaven Collins in the draft. Um, and again, of course, J.J. Watt, which is always going to be a difference maker. Like, I think this defense might be sneaky, difficult to go up against um, more so than we thought. But I agree with you. You know, it's hard to think about the Seahawks as contenders in this division, even though they do have all the weapons that you just said. I mean, to answer your question about Cliff Kingsbury, though, I don't know if his seat is hot or if it can be just given how difficult their division is, because the Cardinals could go. 10 and 7 which is arguably a great and should be playoff bound record but they could miss the playoffs in their division like because of everything that we just said so I don't know if it's this is the year that we say that about Cliff
1: yeah and it's interesting because you know we're talking I guess about like primarily who the Packers are playing in the regular season but I think that there's still some question marks as far as like the rest of the NFC. So, you know, the bucks obviously come to mind as a team who likely will be back competing. We're wondering what Sam Darnold will look like with the Panthers, not necessarily. They're going to be playoff bound right away, but there are question marks, but I guess that's not really what this episode is more about yet. So I do have questions for you about the saints and, you know, in 2020, their roster, it was hard to find a hole there. You know, they, they, they drafted a center in the first round of the 2020 draft because they just really didn't have too many holes. And we saw maybe what life can look like after Drew Brees, you know, the the saints were still winning games in his absence. So do you think regardless of who's at quarterback, whether it's famous Jameis or Taysom Hill, like that the, the saints have a shot or do you think that maybe whoever it is at quarterback, will be enough of a detriment that they'll be like competing for a wild card spot or something instead of where they were last season as the second seed in the NFC. Yeah.
0: I actually find that if Jameis is a starting quarterback, that scares me more than Taysom Hill. Like to me, Taysom Hill is completely overhyped. He's 31 you can correct me if I'm wrong there, he's in his early 30s. I think that if he was meant to be a starting-caliber quarterback, he would be already, or he'd be on a different team, or someone would have traded for him at this point. So to me, I mean, Jameis, yeah, the joke is you know, he went 30 for 30 or whatever it is, 40 for 40, interceptions, touchdowns. But he still threw for that many touchdowns. He has the arm talent, and he has the roster to throw to so with Sean Payton and Jameis under center I actually think that the Saints could be contenders now again you just mentioned the Bucks which they're in the same division and so similar to NFC West there's going to be some level of competition there Um, the Packers luckily don't play the Bucks in the regular season so we don't need to think about them but yeah I mean if the Saints come back and all that's different is Jameis, of course the offense is going to look different because Drew Brees couldn't throw further than 15 yards. Jameis can. So it the deep threat is a little bit more like substantial, I'd say, than when Drew Brees was under center.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, it's kind of like what we're talking about with Uh, your really good point about the Cardinals or some of these other, maybe the 49ers, even like if your quarterback situation is at all a question mark, you need to know that your defense can make up for some of those deficiencies. And I think we saw that with the Rams quite a bit in 2020, where you weren't sure what you had in Jared Goff. He had moments, but if he wasn't having an on game for him, He had Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, and he had the pieces that could make it work. And, you know, not to make it about the Packers or their quarterback situation, but I think that's what you're looking at in a similar vein is if it's not the league MVP, Aaron Rodgers under center, and it is Jordan Love, yes, you have Devontae and you have Aaron Jones, but then you flip it and you have an all pro at corner and Jair and you have an edge rusher and you have... A Pro Bowl nose tackle, and like there's pieces on the roster. So, as easy it is to target, like you know, quarterbacks, and say like, "Hey, we don't know who these guys can be or what they are yet." There's still, you know, a roster is not one position, and I think that's something yeah. that you know gets kind of lost because there's been plenty of mediocre quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls.
0: Right, and I think when you talk about the Saints, like you think about Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara those are guys that I think any quarterback can lean on as security blankets. Like they've proven that they can be those players that can do it all. I mean, Alvin Kamara certainly was that for Drew Brees last season when, again, his arm strength and arm talent was deteriorating a little bit. So no matter who it is, you know, those are still threats that you have to prepare for. Um, I think it's the same kind of... Line of thinking when you think, okay, is it is it going to be Jordan Love under center for the Packers? Well, you kind of immediately go to, well, it's okay because Devonte Adams can perform with anyone, like we saw with Brett Hundley, and you have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon as a two back tandem that you can lean on as well. Like the same exact argument for the Saints, and so if you think the Packers can win with that formula, then the Saints can as well.
1: Yeah, so. Let's take it in a different direction because this it's it's the same but different as far as situations where we're talking about, you know, teams that have most of the pieces. And instead of talking about teams that maybe don't have a quarterback, now we have the Washington football team who had a lot of really good pieces, had has they literally have one of the best defenses in the league an ascending unit led by chase young. And then they got Ryan Fitzpatrick, where if you talk about like a plug and play guy, he could be all that team needed last season to get further into the playoffs than they were. And that's no disrespect to Alex Smith. You know, his comeback was miraculous. His award is well-deserved, but I'm glad he's retiring healthy because you would hate to see something happen to him had he stayed too long. But now that now that there's stability in the Washington football team quarterback room, what do you think of them? Because the NFC East is completely wide open, and this is the only team the Packers are going to get a look at from that division, at least until the playoffs.
0: I have such an aversion to the Washington football team. Like I can't even think of them in a positive way. But when you do look at their skill position players, like they're pretty stacked. I mean, you get Terry McLaurin, who I think has, at this point in his career, kind of proven that he is wide receiver one. They acquired Curtis Samuel from the Panthers, Um, they have nobody at tight end that, you know, strikes fear into my heart. Um, and I think their offensive line is a little bit of a question mark, but yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick is no one to sleep on. Like he's been kind of your journeyman quarterback for so long because of, he can still play, you know, 17 years in the league, he can still play, he can still sling it, um, and I don't think, like we just said, it it only takes like a mediocre to and above quarterback to lead a team with skill, position, players that the Washington football team has. And like you said, I mean, nobody doubts what they're able to do on defense.
1: Yeah, and it's it's tricky to kind of navigate. Like, you know, I think they honestly had one of the surprises of maybe the first round uh, when they took Jamin Davis, the inside linebacker, um, but... There's there's so many teams that feel like they're one or two pieces away. And it was hard to say that the Washington football team was one or two pieces away. But I think if you look at maybe their deficiencies from last season, it was quarterback. And, you know, they had a really stout front four. And then maybe the back end of the defense is where they had question marks. So yeah. it's... They did
0: almost take out the Bucks in round one. Like they right. could have completely and utterly changed the course of the 2020 playoffs with Taylor Heineke at quarterback.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that, that does go to show you that one, anything can happen in the playoffs or in any NFL game period. But before we wrap this up, are there any, like maybe, I guess, surprise players, surprise teams, um, any long shots, dark horses, like what do you see, for the NFC playoff picture and a way too early prediction, because we talked about this and we've said this before it genuinely at this point, without trying to sound like homers, assuming Aaron Rodgers is back under center feels like it's their conference to lose. But again, we felt that way last season and look how that turned out. So,
0: well, they almost won. The conference. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's so early and it's, It's always hard to predict these things. I mean, I personally did not think the Buccaneers would be as good as they were. Um, Totally and should never again underestimate Tom Brady. Um, I'm not sure Packers fans will like this because it's very easy to look at what the Bears have done historically at quarterback position, and not just historically in the last couple of years. I mean, in the last couple of decades, but... I think they hit a home run with Justin Fields and they have a true one. Um, they have a million tight ends on the roster. And if Matt Nagy is basically playing for his job, not just his job, but his future as a head coach in the league, the Bears could be sneaky contenders. Now, again, it's the Bears. So they could be do something dumb and be stubborn and stick with Andy Dalton through like week four Um, just because they said that he was QB one and then have to kind of play from behind. But I wouldn't sleep on, I wouldn't sleep on their rookie quarterback. I just wouldn't.
1: Yeah. And Jimmy and I talked about this a little bit on Packaday a couple weeks ago, we went through position group by position group in the NFC North and kind of ranked them like, you know, which team had the best at whichever position. So, and, you know, it, Justin Fields throws a wrench in a lot of that because it's like you said, if, if there's competent quarterback play, the rest of their roster is pretty good. And I got made fun of in the comments section of She Said TV when I talked about the Bears having the potential to have an explosive offense. And they do. They have Allen Robinson. They, have, they picked up Darnell Mooney, who everybody loves. Anthony Miller is there. Um, there's, plen- there's Daz Newsome who will be there. Like there's, there's plenty of fun gadget guys that if they have a quarterback who can, you know, complete passes longer than 10 yards down the field, or at least throw to the left half of the field, um, which is Justin Fields, then yeah. I mean, I I don't think you can discredit what they can do, especially with their defense.
0: I was just going to say like the, the strength of the bears has always been their defense and their weakness has always been competent quarterback play. So if they finally put all those pieces together, even remotely better than Mitch Trubisky, because again, like the Bears snuck into the playoffs last season, um, right at eight and eight.
1: Yeah, the Bears went through a Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. So let's not. (laughs) Yeah, again,
0: like it's it's things in the NFL right are so marginal, and Justin Fields like is already you know an upgrade for Mitch Trubisky.
1: Yeah which I mean, it's going to be fun. So let's, let's do that before we wrap up, like any, I guess, thoughts on the NFC North as a whole, obviously we've seen some additions. There's a lot of players I'm really excited to see. I think that the Vikings front defensive front got a lot better. Michael Pierce will be back for them. They have Delvin Tomlinson now, like their, their front four is nasty. The lions took two of my favorite defensive linemen in the draft class. I thought every single NFC North team, Packers included, had a really nice draft. You know, the, the Bears took their left tackle of the future. Like, there were a lot of very solid, smart selections in this draft class. So what are your thoughts other than, you know, the Bears still suck?
0: Um, It's pretty simple. I mean, it, again, even if Jordan Love is on our center, I still think it's the Packers division, um, just given that they have – an elite player at all of the important positions. And Matt LaFleur, I think, has proven over the last few seasons that he is also an elite play caller. Um, The Bears come to mind next, which is, I mean, it's really hard to say that. Um, The Lions are in rebuild mode. I think it's, like, very easy to kind of write them off. Um, Maybe that's a poor decision, but it's the Lions, and so it'll be, I'll believe it when I see it. The Vikings are interesting because it all depends on what you get out of Kirk Cousins on any given Sunday, which can be anywhere from a really above average, you know, top 15, top 12 quarterback to what is he doing? Um, And, you know, you always have Dalvin Cook to contend with because he single-handedly beat the Packers last season. So, I think that's my order if you go Packers, Bears, Vikings, Lions.
1: That's interesting. So I think I think I would flip it solely because I think the Vikings had like a little bit of an anomaly last season where they just weren't riding the ship until it was too late. Um but I think with the additions they made on defense, they've got, you know, Daniil Hunter will be healthy, Justin Jefferson already looks like a freak and it's still upsetting to think about what could have been. Um so yeah, I think I think I would go Packers Vikings Bears Lions solely because I think like you said the Bears are gonna kind of flub this until maybe mid-season and then they're like oh hey Justin Fields is really good and then that'll kind of derail their initial season but as far as like contending years I think the Bears will be better for longer than the Vikings cool we'll see what happens yeah, this was fun. I mean, next week we'll talk about AFC teams, which I love talking about the AFC. I never get to talk about the AFC with anybody but Mark. So I
0: know the AFC contenders, to me, pose a bigger threat than the NFC contenders do for the Packers regular season.
1: Yeah, and I mean, good thing they would only have to see them again in the Super Bowl. So all right, Perry, if people want to find all of your work on social media, how can they do that?
0: You can follow me at Perry underscore Goldstein. Please follow the podcast at PWSS podcast on twitter packs what she said on instagram packs what she said on twitch and we will be pushing our live show out a week to just deal with the scheduling of july 4th week because i think people will be including myself away um but other than that business as usual
1: yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I also write for Cheesehead TV. Um, Perry and I both podcast with the Pack-A-Day podcast crew. Um, so make sure you are listening to all of Pack-A-Day's great content as well. Um, and yeah, thank you as always for listening to the show. Go pack
0: Go pack Go.